The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, as always, for our discussion topic episodes, our final discussion topic episode of the 2021-22 NFL season, the Wizard of Jaws, Derek Jaws. How you doing, my man? I'm good, buddy. How about you? I'm good. It's it's uh it's a little bittersweet. We've had a lot of great conversations. Um you stepped in huge this year. I want to thank you for that. I know I thank you almost every episode, but um these discussion topic episodes are probably are definitely I mean, I love all everything that we do. Um, but it's definitely really nice to have a, a a current topics conversation every week. And I appreciate you being there for me uh when I needed you most. So thank you for that. It is my pleasure, man. I, I agree with you. It's definitely bittersweet. I, I look forward to this absolutely every Tuesday when we record it. And honestly, it, it's something that like sends me into my, my general work week on a high note. So I, 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 do, I do really, really enjoy this. And uh, I hope you'll have me back for it for this, for this type of discussion episode going forward uh, next year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you're, you're full-time as long as you want to be. And of course, you're going to be hopping in on our retro fantasy game starting next week, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, You, me, Andrew, maybe a couple others are really excited to explain that. That's Andrew's baby. And um, yeah, I cannot wait to get that underway. I I bought a 40 ounce of Budweiser to uh, celebrate this episode. Do you see how big (laughs) this thing is? I did. And I, uh, I, as soon as I saw it, I debated running downstairs and pouring myself uh, a little glass of peanut butter, but there's uh there, there's not whiskey. a mm. love it. Uh, there's also I, I can't drink on like as much as I would want to of it tonight. So I just I'm like, no, I'll save it. I got you. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, anyways, I mean, yes, we are celebrating the end of the discussion topics for this year, but it's time to apologize. All right. For those who have known and followed the show for a, uh, a considerable amount of time, you know that both my interest in jerseys as well as my 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 tongue are quite cursed all right i've ruined a lot of lives i've ruined a lot of careers these guys got kids man (laughs) forever my favorite meme (laughs) it's so good um and we have to we have to apologize we have to apologize uh i said a lot of nice things about people that i care deeply about as professional athletes and usually when I send positivity their way, it backfires horribly. So I have 15 things to apologize to. Um, Jaws, can you hit the music, please? I got you, buddy. Hold on. All right, here we go. Beautiful. All right. I'd like to start off with an apology to the Washington football team. I slated you guys as a 12 to 14 win team winning the NFC East, narrowly defeating 
the uh, the Dallas Cowboys to be NFC East champions. You were neither champions nor were you a good football team, <laughs> and uh, it, just nothing, nothing worked for y'all at all, um, top to bottom, organizationally. Y'all are shit. And I feel really like I'm really upset at myself for picking you guys as the winners of the of the NFC East. So thanks for making me eat my words. Um, better luck next year. We'll show that guy. I, I had them there too, by the way. <laughs> that organization's so bad they got another team's coach fired. R.I.P. John Gruden. R.I.P. John Gruden. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I didn't say anything nice about him, so I can't put him in here. Number 14, the Denver Broncos as a complete unit, top to bottom, coach, team. <sighs> you know, I was I thought for a little bit that I completely picked wrong. I thought that, you know, wow, Denver started off 3-0. and This team is going places. Vic Fangio is going to be head coach next year. They have a bright future ahead of them. I was wrong yet again. Very wrong. Y'all suck too. Um, you need to fire John Elway. You need a complete overhaul uh, for your team. And uh, I, I mean, I apologize for saying nice things about you at all. You really made me regret it. I ruined your season. I'm sorry. I want. I guess now I can buy that Drew Lock jersey that I never wanted. So, all right, number thirteen, the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland, you were in many people's Super Bowl bubbles. I may have paraded you around the most. You were once a turd, but you look like a shiny, a nice shiny turd this year. Heading into 2021. Baker Mayfield coming back. Hyped up. The the progressive commercial guy. Thought big things. And then I thought OBJ was the problem. Boy, was I wrong. Y'all didn't make the playoffs. Nick Chubb is the only person. And Miles Garrett. Are the, they're the only two people worth a damn on your team. Your offense is boo-boo. Your defense is boo-boo. Your city is boo-boo. I'm sorry I cursed you. I'm sorry that I put such high expectations into a Cleveland sports franchise. I, I, I think Cleveland was cursed before you got there, but you definitely didn't help. <laughs> There's a Baker Mayfield jersey sitting on my wall that begs to differ. <laughs> Yeah, but they suck before him, so That's true. Cleveland is Cleveland until they're not Cleveland anymore, right? That's true. Number 12. This might be... Uh, uh, I had some high praise for this 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 young man very early on in the season. Led some, some big games, won some big games, had his team at the helm, number one seed for like a, a quick minute. Lamar Jackson, I apologize that I spoke highly of you. You went from, wow, this guy has really grown as a passer to, oh, there's the injuries that we've all been waiting for. Real quick. Lamar Jackson, you missed seven, I believe six or seven of our of your the games this season, and your Ravens fell apart without you at the seams. 
you got worse as a pastor as the year went on. All right. It just, it wasn't good. I know your coach hasn't really helped you. Your GM hasn't helped you when it comes to getting talent. But Lamar, I did speak positivity into you, the former league MVP, because people told me that I was very wrong. And I ended up being right the first time and wrong the second time. Lamar Jackson, I apologize for ruining your 2021 season. Next on the list. This one was uh, one that myself and Jaws mutually uh, came together on. All right. Teddy Bridgewater. He kind of fell in line with the Broncos. Really excited. Really excited for the uh, the prospect of, of Teddy B, weren't we? Weren't we, Jazz? Oh, we sure were. I uh, that picked, him, picked him in fantasy as a, a second quarterback in a two-quarterback league. And was like, hey, he was a guy I took a flyer on. Because I was like, oh, he's got two good receivers. The team, you know, they should be able to run the ball well. He should have some success. Lord, I apologize. But down there with the, uh, with the pigments down there in New Guinea, amen. Teddy B, man. We're sorry. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, like the rain dance, maybe someday you'll be a franchise quarterback somewhere. Maybe someday. Sorry. Next up, a man we all had very high hopes for. LASIK Jameis. Wow. What an opening week. No kidding. You go out there, you beat the piss out of the Green Bay Packers, and then not too long after that, you tear your ACL. R.I.P. R.I.P. Now you're, you're you're officially washed. Now I I don't watch. <laughs> there's there's like we all thought there was redemption in there. We all spoke so highly of you. I was like, man, Lasik Jameis is gonna take this Saints squad somewhere. Nah, fam, you dead. <laughs> and, and the sad part is, we all saw how bad they were without him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he still has a shot to come back next year. He's a free. I think he's a free agent. I know. Sean Payton's going to be jerking off over Taysom Hill for the rest of his, his tenure. He'll be getting him on the cheap. <laughs> Ryan Flores, number nine. Ryan Flores, you did nothing wrong. You were actually a very good head coach. I would like you as a head coach for my Indianapolis Colts. I would. I would take you in a heartbeat. However, fate has had you... Um, cut from the very organization that you've built to have two consecutive winning seasons. I apologize for speaking so highly of you. I do. My forked tongue got me again. Poor guy. I feel bad. I do too. I'm not I'm not upset he's no longer in my division because you just told me that the Dolphins are going to suck for the foreseeable future. Possibly. But, uh, yeah, man. That's a tough one. I... I agree. He did nothing wrong there. There's just troubling times in the kingdom. It's 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 not good. Finn's down. Finn's, Finn's at half-mast for that one. Finn's cut off and sold for tuna. <laughs> <laughs> you dolphins! I'm trying to be serious here for a second. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back in my hole. Oh, please continue. Number eight. I know Josh definitely didn't have nice things to say about this man. 
rookie standout, Mac McCorkle Jones, whatever the fuck your name is. Alright, were you the best of your were you, were you the best of your draft class? Yeah. Davis Mills was. Alright, touche. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I put a no you're good. <laughs> I, I taught you up, Mac Jones. McCorkle. I can't believe your parents named you that. Mac Jones, man, I, I believed in you. I still believe in you a little bit. But my God, did you shit the bed the last last month or so? How do you how do you play that as bad? The only team you beat was the Jaguars in your home stretch. You went in the postseason cold, and then the Bills the Bills beat the fuck out of you in the cold. Mac Jones, I'm sorry. I'm gonna need you to just love everything about the AFC East except the Bills from here from here on out. Just so you know, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Dak Prescott. You're next, buddy. The only come that's coming back is the one that Jerry Jones wipes off your back that the 49ers put on you. All right. Tough scene. Tough scene. It's rough out there. Dak, what the fuck, man? Comeback player of the year. I had you. MVP candidate. He could throw for 5,000 yards if he wanted to. Nope. You shit the bed. You look like dog crap out there in the playoff game against the 49ers. And then you cheered on, you, you applauded the fans who threw garbage at the refs. When in fact, it was your own um, inability to win games, win big time games that cost your team. Dak, what the fuck? It was dumb boys year. I know they say it's their year every year, but I really felt that this was their year. Dak Prescott, I apologize for speaking highly of you. Number six, Cliff Kingsbury. For three quarters of the season, Cliff Kingsbury, you were on a pedestal. You were coach of the year. You won a game with Colt fucking McCoy at quarterback. Colt fucking McCoy. And A.J. Green at wide receiver. You, he was good for a Wide receiver one. Wide receiver one, A.J. Green at 42 years old. He had o- he had Ocho Cinco texting the coach on the team saying AJ Green was open <laughs> two in the morning. Cliff Kingsbury, I'm sorry that I said nice things about you. You have accomplished nothing in the world of professional football. <laughs> not in college, not in the NFL. Why are you where you are? I don't get it. Yes, you have more money than me, and yes, you have a. A, a giant torch thing in your backyard for some reason in the middle of Arizona. I don't get it. But I apologize for speaking so highly of you and ruining your season. First round exit. Next one. Taylor Heineke. This goes back to Washington a little bit. Love Taylor Heineke. Love, love the story, the athleticism. Uh, the machismo of Taylor Heineke. Boy, you shit the bed. Pretty big, too. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe it isn't. Regardless, I said nice things about you. And uh, and you let me down. I know I wanted Fitzpatrick there. 
But uh, yeah, I also spoke highly to you. You let me down. Number four, Antonio Brown. Now, Antonio Brown, I was immensely po- proud of you. You turned a corner, or so I thought. First half of the season, I was like, wow, look how quiet Antonio Brown is being. You hardly notice he's there. He's a he's a caught another cog in the wheel. All right, a puzzle piece in the giant, then the big puzzle that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad. And then shit hit the fan real quick. First, you faked your COVID card. Secondly, you stripped butt ass naked almost in, in the middle of a game. And uh, came up with a whole bunch of lies about why you uh, about why you did it. Tony Brown, I'm sorry I believed in you. You failed. You failed bad. And now you're out of a job and probably will never get another job in the National Football League again. Number three. I can't believe I allowed myself to say nice, th- positive things about you at all. Cam Newton, what the fuck? I was so happy. <laughs> this is a great one. <laughs> so good. Cam Newton, I was excited for you and what you brought to this Carolina Panthers team for one exactly one week when you defeated the Arizona Cardinals. You were the first L. No, not the first L. You were one of the f- first L's of the Arizona Cardinals. You shouted, I'm back, and then proceeded to just, just suck, just suck the, the rest of the way. You were paid, I believe, $10 million for one good game. You were benched for P.J. Walker twice. Cam Newton, I will never say a nice thing about you again. <laughs> oh, what a great start. I know. Number two, we're staying right with those Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold. I um, fucked your whole life up. We both did. We doubled down on this one. Mm-hmm. Double down on this one hard. We wanted it. Sam Darnold, we were rooting for you to get the fuck out of New York. You got out of New York. You led your team to a 3-0 and start. And at one point, you were 4-1. and You had the most rushing touchdowns in the National Football League through the first four weeks of the season. And then you became an interception machine, channeling your New York Jets past life. And Jesus Christ. You had a partially broken shoulder. You couldn't even completely break that. <laughs> Sam Darnold, you're garbage. I'm sorry. I bought your jersey. I thought you were the one. Your life you is were a the chosen one. You were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring balance to the Panthers. <laughs> and then my last one. Carson wins. Carson, you fucking suck. I really thought that we had our guy. I didn't want you. And then I wanted you. And then I didn't want you. And then I wanted you some more. Then here I am sitting divisional round of the playoffs. And I don't want you anymore. Carson. You missed if you missed wide open players. You couldn't hit check downs if it if your life depended on it. 
if you were in the early 2000s Madden games, your QB vision would be negative. Carson Wentz, you're a bum. However, if you ever agree to come on my podcast and talk nice football things with me, I would totally accept it. But I don't want you back as my quarterback next year. Everybody, that plug that was great. You like that? I did. All right. Well, everybody, that's what I have to apologize for. All right. There's probably some more. I say a lot of nice things about a lot of people. All right. Most of the time, they don't come true, as evident. But um, all right, let's actually get on with this episode. I'm done apologizing. <laughs> Jaws, what are your week, uh, your super wild card weekend uh, takeaways? My super wild card weekend takeaways. Let's see. First and foremost, I have the fantastic, fantastic takeaway that to quote a coach, they are who I thought they were. The Patriots suck. They're not that good. Uh, I do wholeheartedly believe that who you play and how, like who you play does matter, you know, and the Patriots had, you know, had that hot stretch in the middle of the season. They, they looked good. They were beating people. And there was a point in the season where I looked like, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to win maybe three more games. I was wrong. But then at the end of the season, they looked like the team that I thought wasn't going to win three more games. And then they came out in Buffalo and proved that it took an act of God, literal act of God, 50 mile an hour winds, gale force windstorm to beat the Bills. Because they can't stop Josh Allen. They literally need God's help to stop Josh Allen. And he proved it twice. You were one for three and needed the big guy upstairs as help. You suck. The Patriots didn't belong in the playoffs. They got lucky because they played a soft schedule. The same soft schedule that the Dolphins went on a seven-game winning streak on. It was the, the same stretch of, of teams, if you if you look at it for the most part. And, oh, then you lost to the Dolphins before going into the playoffs against the Bills. Not as good as anybody said you were. I was right, and I take back my apology for saying I was wrong. Because I was wrong, but I was right at the same time. So people can suck it on their Patriots takes. They're terrible. Mac Jones, he looked not bad. But not bad doesn't get the job done. It just doesn't. Um, And when they couldn't run the ball for a mile and a half, he he looked even worse. So um, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on. But the the seven seed is a big question mark for me. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I, I'm intrigued to see, uh, like, so te- teams are supposed to be built to, like, there's teams that are built to, to to win the regular season, and there's teams that are built to win in the playoffs. And we saw, and we saw that this week. We saw teams who looked really good during the regular season. We saw the Cardinals. We saw the Cowboys, two of them specifically, built to win in the regular season, and it didn't travel. You know, I, I heard for the, I mean, I watched half of it on Monday night and all I heard was, oh, they got to get their running backs in. They got to get the running back. They ran the ball 11 times. Now, granted, you were down 21 early. Kyler Murray looked scared. Yep. He looked, he looked afraid to make plays. Uh, and, and this is, this is the type of thing I, you know, I talk about it when I refer to Josh Allen a lot, you know, people like knock hero ball, Josh, and I do, you know, it, it's, it's tough to take that when it costs you games, but I would rather win 
with a guy who's trying to win. I would rather lose with a guy trying to win than lose because my quarterback's afraid. And that's what Kyler Murray looked like last night or two nights ago, technically when this gets heard for the first time, the Monday night wildcard game, Kyler Murray looked like he was about to crap his pants. There were plays he could have ran and he decided not to. And then he either threw a missile over someone's head or threw a lollipop at their feet. He, he just didn't look like he's looked in the past. He didn't look comfortable. Nothing was on time. The, they looked like they didn't belong for most of that game. And that's a tough look for a team that was on a tear. What were they, 10-0 and to start the season? I think 7-0 and they were. Did they go 7-0? and I think it was 7-0. and Green Bay gave them their first L, and then it was just sporadic after that. Right. They won four games, four games in the last half of the season. I mean, this is a team that beat this Rams team early in the year. And now, I mean, with the exception of not having D-Hop, but again, is your offense 100% reliant on DeAndre Hopkins being on the field? Because right. it looks like it. Yeah. It sure does. And uh, I, I, I think the Bengals are for real. I really do. So do I. They have a this week really will obviously be a, like if the Bengals win this week, I like, even if the Bills win this week too, I like that's going to be an absolute great great matchup. And if the like if the Bengals win this week, I don't care what else happens, they deserve all the accolades on the planet in my opinion. I I 100% agree. Since he's very fun to watch, man. This I mean we talk about all the time about how fortunate they are. They got three pass, three wide receivers who can be number ones on just about any other team in T Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. Um, very, very talented guys. You got that CJ Azuma, who there is a pretty solid tight end. And, you know, he's not there all the time, but when you need him to make a big play, the dude's there. Joe Mixon, finally, you know, finally showing off what he can do. And then Joe Burrow, just the the sticky glue that holds it all together, right? Just dropping dimes. How many times did you see Jamar Chase, you know, hitting Jamar Chase effortlessly? And Jamar Chase is creating, you know, creating space after catching the ball. He's just so good at it. Bengals are a legit team, like a legit squad, a legit contender. I think that they can beat Tennessee this upcoming week. I really, truly do. I do, too. Um. Shout out to the 49ers. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about a little bit about their game. Um, you know, 49ers are, in my thought, you know, one of the most overrated teams coming into the season, and they're playing good football. And Jimmy G, like aside from that really bad interception towards the end, man, Jimmy G looked good out there this week. <laughs> he really did. I mean, that was that was high end. Well, like, and I refer to him as a high end game manager. That was a high end game manager game. He did really, really well with what they asked him to do. They also ran the ball for like 900 yards. That's true, too. I mean, he was mobile, though. He was like running around, and he just didn't care, running around, throwing the ball, hitting just darts. He was good. Yeah, the Bills absolutely slaughtered, you know, the Patriots. Like, it was – I'm glad that I didn't end up going to the game. I would If if I would have went to the game and I seen that, I would probably would have been pissed because I'm not a – diehard bills i would have liked to see a nice competitive dramatic game but i know as for diehard bills fans that was sweet and very satisfactory and also man steelers you didn't let big ben down 
You told him you're going to get your ass. Big Ben told everybody you were going to get your ass kicked. And uh, you sure went out there and helped make him <laughs> help sure prove did. him right. Sure did. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it, man. That that is that is that is it on my end for uh for for wild card super wild card round takeaways. Um discussion topic number two. Um officiating this weekend was iffy. One crew has already been announced they will not touch another playoff game. Dropped the ban hammer on them. Ban hammer. And deservedly so. Hammer. It was terrible. It was really that was terrible. awful. Um you know what? How much did officiating affect the you know the, the two biggest games that affect, that were affected by it were the Cincinnati Raiders game and the San Francisco Dallas game, right? There was uh, there's obvious yet not so uh, you know in some not so obvious moments, but my God, that uh, yeah. W- which one do you think it, it affected the outcome of of more? I would have to say Cincinnati and Vegas personally. Um, you know, I know there's always going to be calls. You don't like calls that are frustrating calls that go against you and the inadvertent whistle. I mean, that's clear as day. I I was sitting watching that game and I was actually looking down at something on my phone, probably scrolling Twitter or something as I do during games that aren't the bills. And I, Look like I heard the whistle, looked up to see what happened, and then saw the catch. And I looked at um, my girlfriend's dad, who I was sitting there watching with. I was like, I'm pretty sure they blew that dead. And he goes, Yeah, I heard it too. And then they just ignored it. Like, yeah, uh, LOL, JK didn't happen. That's awful. That is so, so, so bad. I mean, you're telling me that this eye in the sky cam that they have now plus the review, plus the call from New York, plus like no, nobody called it like, Hey man, um, you, you need to hear this and make the right call. It, it almost, it almost begs the question of it. At, at what point do we have to consider going to an, like, like a kind of like, and the NHL does with going to New York, you know, when they, when they go to review, they, they hand the referee headphones and they talk to New York and say X, Y, and Z, this is what we see, you know, like the referee doesn't watch on a tablet in front of him. He, he had, there's people in the command center back in New York that say, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Good goal. No goal, whatever. At, at what point do we go to that in the NFL? Because this is awful. Yeah. And all, I mean, every single broadcast has a dude that says, this is what happened. This is what I believe to be the case. Like, this is how I would call it. And half the time, the guys on the field agree. Like, yeah. And then they go back to that dude. And he's like, no, they got that one wrong. That's bad. Everybody good. Everybody said that they got it wrong. And they try to like be hush hush and, and play dumb about it. But, um, but, but yeah, I have to agree. The Cincinnati Las Vegas game, it was, it was way more apparent. I know uh, Cowboys fans will definitely have you trying to believe that it was the Cowboys Raider or uh, Cowboys 49ers game, but it was by far the Cincinnati Raiders one. I I was rooting for both of these teams. I, I wanted to see them have deep, you know, nice playoff runs, but that was the ultimate difference maker. I think in that game, when, you know, a play is whistled dead, it, it's hard to tell, right? It's like, Oh man, did the defender hear that whistle and stop? It was so split second, right? You'd have to really slow it down to, to see how that panned out. Um, 
It should have been. I mean, like everybody said, that the, the play should have been blown dead at the ref. You know, the referee's fault, yep. and and you have to replay the down. And that's how it should have been. I mean, that legit legitimately affects the outcome. You know, the rest of the flow of the game. Because that happened what the second or third quarter? I can't. Uh, I believe that was in the first half. It's okay. I think it was the second quarter. Um. It affects the entire game planning, game play of the game. You know, with, with that happening, I mean, the, the Raiders didn't lose by much to this team. No, and if you take if you take away that one score game, yeah, if you take away that touchdown, you know, it's less. It's it, would they have scored? Possibly, they would have at least gotten a field goal. The Bengals would have, but um, but it affects the it affects the 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 rest of the game. It really truly does. Um, you know, instead of that, maybe the, the Raiders are a little bit more lax. Or they get in field goal range, right? They're in field goal range. They could tie it up and take it to overtime, which they almost did with touchdowns and stuff too. Yeah. But um, and, and that's one of those ones too that you look at it and you say, okay, they they don't they okay they blow they call that play the way it should have been called with what happened. You can't stop the inadvertent whistle, right? But like you replay the down. Maybe it's an incomplete pass next time. Maybe it's a sack. Maybe it's a tackle for a loss. Maybe it's an interception or a fumble. Maybe they settle for a field goal on that drive instead of scoring that touchdown. It changes the entire complexion of the game. Missed calls are going to happen. Missed holdings. You know, that should have been PI, shouldn't have been PI. But an inadvertent whistle is a pure human error accident that you just can't ignore. Uh, and they just were like, nah, la, 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 da, da, nobody heard it. Da, 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 da. Oh, hey, look at the bird. <laughs> like, you can't do that. And, then, and that's all. And that's really at the at the core of it. Why they looked at that staff and went like, yeah, they're not doing any more games this year. You, th- you think? You sure about that? Right. Brutal. No, I think that I think that's the worst thing of it, too. I think it's more so that the, the reaction to it and how the crew decide just try to play it off. Is is what stung worse than the actual action? I mean, it, it depends on who you ask. Could, Raiders fans could think differently on that on that take, but um, but yeah, they, they they you know, and this is where this is why a lot of people, um, this is where a lot of people you know seem to go with that, the mentality of hey, is the NFL fixed? I mean, do I think that the the NFL is rooting for the Bengals? No, <laughs> and rooting against the Raiders. No, I I definitely do not think that. Um, I definitely do not think that at all. But um, but you know, it, it, I I understand why those naysayers, why the people who are like, oh, this shit's fixed and and all that. I I see why they they do it that way because you put officials in hand who are paid a considerable amount of money. They're not full time, but they're paid a considerable amount of money for the time that they do have, and they. There's always seems to be something. How many times have we come on the show this year and we've conversed about refereeing and what, what, how much the refs, you know, how much influence that the refs can have on games? Quite a bit, right? We probably spent a couple it, weeks at least. It's constant. Yeah. It, it gets brought up almost every episode to some extent. Yeah. And now while I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, it, my, my thing has always been you can't, you, you can't just blame the refs. There are 60 minutes in a game. I know one play really stings and it can sting, but man, you know, it, it, that one play out of, you know, 50 to 60 offensive play calls in a game or whatever, 50 to 60 defensive play calls in a game. 
cannot be, uh, it shouldn't be that close. And I get it. These are the pros and, and that's the difference. You know, one touchdown, one mistake is, is the difference between winning and losing in this league. But, um, but yeah, I, I would definitely say that, that played a bigger influence. You know, we've seen the Cowboys, the aftermath of the Cowboys 49ers game and fans were throwing garbage at the referees and, and all that stuff. Like I don't encourage throwing garbage. At, at, at anybody no but if you should be throwing garbage at anybody it should be mike mccarthy no and, get it and, and the, your cowboys team who shit the bed the entire game right real good defense real good defensive unit that's playing good could not stop the fucking 49ers right to save their life and, and not like they got debo samuel and elijah mitchell and george kittle but this isn't like a top 10 offense by any means. Your defense could not stop them. This turnover machine defense could not stop them. Well, Give me a break. I, I don't know if it was necessarily on this show or if it was on hats or whatever it was, but I remember saying a couple times last week, this game is going to depend on the Dallas defense's ability to take the ball away. What happened? You were down quite a bit. One bad interception by the 49ers got you right back in the game. Right. And you like you made a couple mistakes down the stretch. Absolutely 100% made a couple mistakes down the stretch. And you still had a shot to win it. And what happened? You're chipping away, chipping away. You're in you're in a position to take three, two to three shots at the end zone. You decided that a chunk of 10 to 12 yards was more important than two shots at the end zone at like at least. And then you blame the referees. Like, like, yeah, no, I understand. I get why they were throwing, throwing garbage at people. This was the referee's fault. No, it wasn't. You don't have a timeout. There were 14 seconds left. You were on the 30 for fuck's sake. Take your shots. You have an offense that can do it. Take your shots. You get two to three opportunities here. Take your shots at the end zone. Yeah. If you want a chunk play, run another 10 yard out like you've been doing for four plays prior to that. Right. But no, we're going to QB draw. And then Mike McCarthy doubles down on it. And you're you're going to blame the refs. Your coach doubles down on the worst play call since not handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch in on the goal line on first and goal. And you're going to blame the referees for this one. Yeah, that, that would have been like Pete Carroll coming out and being like, uh, that should have been called pass interference. It should have still been our ball. <laughs> no, you're you're an idiot. That was a terrible play call. That was a terrible, a terrible execution. And like Dak, oh, I would have went down sooner had I known that's how it was going to play out with the refs. No, first off, you you should have known. You have to hand the ball to a referee. Like this isn't pickup. This isn't flag where you know, your center spots the ball. And like, and somebody showed it like there was a there's two pictures of like where Dak went down and where they tried to spot the ball. And they're like, this is why a referee's got to touch and spot the ball, because he went down on the 25 and it like they tried to snap it from the 23. Right. Like two yards is a big deal. Sorry. Like two yards is a difference in a lot of games. Two yards in the Bills Titans game. The Bills win. Yeah, it's true. And again, it goes back to the, the football is a 60 minute game thing. So the, 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 the other the other 59 minutes and 20 seconds of this game, your right. team could amass nothing, the bare minimum against this team. But, man, you're going to blame the rest for the last – got to put this in the last 40 seconds. I get it. Right. Football is a long, 
chess match, you know, 15 minute quarters, yada, yada, yada. But listen, Cowboys fans, blame your team, blame your head coach who continuously has the worst. It was the right call. (laughs) What an idiot. This, uh, it was the right call. No, it very blatantly was not. <laughs> if it was the right call, you'd have been going, you'd have had a shot at the end zone instead of just the referees getting together, like, which I, I would love. I would love in real time, one time for a referee to be like, the Dallas coaching staff is stupid. That's the end of the game. Sorry. <laughs> I just leave. Like, and again, too, it's like, who runs a QB draw with Dak Prescott? Right? Like Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. And like, he's athletic enough to get it done. He showed it. Nobody was looking for it. And that's a great play call if you have a timeout. Yeah. If you have 30 seconds left on the clock, like any of those situations, except the situation you were actually in, you dumb son of a bitch. And then 14 seconds on the clock, no timeout, still going to send it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I would do it again why why you would lose again this is a terrible play call terrible yeah yeah so there you go cowboys fans don't blame the refs blame your team mike mccarthy worst clock management and one of the worst clock managements in nfl history um and it continues and your team should have been a nfc championship game did divisional round at worst and now you're out at the wild card so there's that all right, discussion topic number three. All right, we're going to take a look at Matthew Stafford. How important, all right, he we got his first playoff win in his 13-year career yesterday, right? 12 or 13-year career. Um, two nights ago against the Arizona Cardinals. How important is this postseason run to Matthew Stafford's legacy? Because we know that it's not going to just happen all the time, right? He's on a very good Rams team, very good supporting cast. But we know that not all things are just are, are guaranteed. This, you know, who knows how many years we have left of Matthew Stafford. I sure hope it's not, you know, it's not very, you know, I hope it's 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 we still have quite a few, but not everything's guaranteed in the NFL. Right. How important is this postseason run to Matthew Stafford's NFL legacy, who many proclaim could be the greatest one of the greatest quarterbacks to never uh win a Super Bowl when it's all said and done? I I I mean it definitely helps the the deeper he goes, the more it's going to help, obviously. And that's, you know, that's kind of like the duh statement of the day, but the win, getting the, getting the monkey off his back, if, if they would have come out and been one and done, he would have gone down easily as one of the most overrated quarterbacks of, you know, of his time. Right. And, you know, you look at the, you look at what he did stat wise and stuff in Detroit when Detroit was bad. I mean, Detroit was a bad football team the entire time he was there. A lot of times he was the lone bright spot on that team. Yeah. And people look at that like, oh, he was trash. He couldn't win a playoff game when he was there. He, you know, they they just couldn't figure it out. Like, okay, I don't know many people that could have won with that team. And he still put up a ton of stuff. Well, they were always losing. And I mean, they were always losing this year. Did Jared Goff put up 5,000 yards? No. Did he put up 4,000? That's a legit question. I don't actually know. Let me check. I'll check. I don't think so. So, I mean, like, you you now have a comparison. Like, you have a comparison, and you can't, well, oh, he had Megatron his whole career. Only part of it. No, only, only. What do you got? 32-45. Th- 
Right. Like 19 touchdowns, eight INTs. Right. So, I mean, golf protected the football pretty well. Stafford on like on almost every year, it seems like he was at least over 3,500, if not 4,000. A couple of seasons, he was pushing the 5,000 yard mark. Yeah. I, I mean, think every year he played a full season, he crossed 4,000. Yeah. I think. So, I mean, it's, the legacy is there. I mean, his abilities are there. His, you know, winning a playoff game. I mean, you got the monkey off your back. You're on a good team, good supporting cast, a good defense. You won a playoff game and you won it pretty handily. Everything else from here, I think is cake. You know, you're going, it's, it's not like you're going to go against a, a bottom feeder team next week. That doesn't deserve to be, you're not playing the Eagles next week. You're playing the damn Packers. You're playing the reigning defending MVP. Actually, I think the Ram, I think it's the Rams and Bucks. I think Rams and Bucks. Okay, yeah. even worse. You're playing fucking Tom Brady next week. Like, <laughs> I, I, okay, like this. It really just makes my point a little further. Is that you know it, everything from here is cake. You beat the Buccaneers next week, and I think everyone needs to shut the hell up as a whole about Matt Stafford, unless they beat them when Matt Stafford's sucking. Because again, wins are a team stat, right? We, we talk about it all the time on the show, like wins are not a quarterback stat. They're a team stat. That being said, quarterbacks that don't win, <laughs> don't really get paid and don't survive in the league. Unless you're Matt Stafford, who throws for a million yards on a, on a shitty team. So, I mean, here we go. He's on a good team. You go out and beat the bucks. I think everyone shuts up. I think it's, you know, the conversation of his legacy ends it. And it, it's a solidified legacy. The fact that he's here, and the fact that they're doing well, and again, they're not going against some slouch, some slouch team next week. I, I think they'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. No, no doubt. Um, I, I agree with a lot of points that you made. You know, Matthew Stafford, is, the stats will always be there. Um, people who could live to see him know what this man had to overcome in Detroit for the longest time. I think it's, you know, it, it I think this this team can be an NFC championship team. I don't know if they are NFC champions team. I don't quite know that, but man, it would be an incredible thing to say that he got to play in a Super Bowl, right? Because a lot of people hold that back from from you look at some of the careers that we've, you know, we've just, you know, that have just retired. You know, my guy Phillip Rivers, people will always, always shame him because he never played in this in a Super Bowl. Won an AFC Championship game, didn't win it. Never played in a Super Bowl, and people will hold that literally hold that against him. Um, even though it's you know we said stat, you know wins are not a quarterback stat, it's a team stat. So um, when it comes to Matthew Stafford, I think his legacy is 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 there, right? We don't you know we don't look down on a guy like Warren Moon for never playing in a Super Bowl, um, you know, and there's been plenty others. There's been plenty others along the way. Dan Marino's never even, you know, never won one, but there's been, been a lot of great quarterbacks who've never even gotten to play in a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, you know, and and that's fine. That's fine. But man, to for him to, you know, go to a team that that does make it all the way, that does, you know, that puts him in a place where he can um compete in the Super Bowl. I, I think it would be great for him. I think just on a personal level, legacy wise, I, I don't think it'll it'll it, it should affect him. I don't people will hold it against him, but um but I definitely I think I, I'm just rooting for him. I think the the, the person, the athlete, uh everything that he's been through endured in, in Detroit, uh I I just I want to see it. But but right now, right here and now, this is this is I, I think it's it is important for in the eyes of many 
people um, to see what Matthew Stafford can do on a good team. I agree. I would also love to see a Rams 49ers NFC championship game this year. Oh, heck yeah. That'd be, that'd be so like just different. Give me someone different. You know, the Rams made it the one year and then they had a little bit of a fall from grace. As much as I don't like to see the throw money at every position possible to put the best team on the field, you can being successful. I mean, I would love to see the, the two opposite ends of that spectrum. The we're throwing money at everybody and the, we throw money at nobody. Oh, so you don't like the Yankees, do you? I don't. I'm not a Yankees fan for, for that exact reason. Between, it's between them and their fans. Like I, and I actually stopped liking the Red Sox. I was a Red Sox fan when I was younger, and I stopped liking the Red Sox when they started doing that. Oh, we need a better pitcher. Here, we'll pay this dude. Oh, we need, you know, we be, need, need a, a new catcher. We'll pay this dude. Oh, let's go get the best, you know, hitting second baseman in the league right now. Like, no, grow your talent, coach, develop. I, mean, I agree. And, and and it's part of the reason I'm rooting for the 49ers as hard as I am right now in the NFC, because I mean, that's, I, that's just a lot of homegrown talent and Jimmy Garoppolo doing just enough. Right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, definitely rooting for, for Matthew Stafford, man. I want to see some good things. They got a hard road ahead of them. They have beaten the bucks already this year. And I, I, I hope they're up to the task. The team is looking a little different than it did before. But uh, it should be it should be a good one. I am excited for it. Uh, discussion topic number four. You brought this one up. We were looking for a discussion topic to uh, to really sink our teeth into. But man, coaching interviews. All right. Uh, since the end of the regular season, coaching interviews, GM interviews, all that stuff has been thrown. You know, it's been all over the place. A little hard to follow, actually, and and in some cases, a bit of a distraction. Um, playoff teams. Uh, to, oh, yeah, teams in the playoffs having coordinators, individual position coaches, interviewing for jobs elsewhere can be a little distracting to a team, um, especially like we know what's at stake with with Super Bowls, um, you know, with, with postseason, with playoffs, all that jazz. Um, you know, sh- should it be a universal thing to just wait until the season is completely done with so everybody gets a fresh look at coaches, everybody's, you know, Everybody's mindset is okay. Now is the hiring process. We can get our team set before free agency opens up, before trades open up, all that jazz. Um, or is it fine the way that it is? I mean, personally, I would like to see you have to wait till the season's over. At at least potentially wait until each individual team's season is over. You know, it, it's all well and good to sit there and say, I want to interview Brian Dable for my head coaching job. He's got a job to do right now. And, you know, if he's distracted with when he's going to sit down and talk to you, preparing for the interviews, stuff like that, like he it's taking away from the task at hand. What he does in the playoffs is probably, unless it's a huge, huge blunder is probably not going to affect whether or not you hire him. So, I mean, why not wait till like you should at least have to wait until the team's seasons are done. I wouldn't mind seeing across like universally across the board waiting until everyone see like the, the whole NFL is done. Like, like the Monday Super Bowl Monday, we can start interviewing people and you can't request to interview people until then you can't schedule interviews until then you can't do any of it. It's literally just as far as we know, that these guys are with these teams until after the Super Bowl, and then it's, uh, I think it would be fun, almost like a free agents period. 
You know, you, you can't go out and, and start shopping free agents until the season's over. Like there's actually a date where they're like, no, you can't do that until this time. No, I'm sure there's conversations had behind closed doors. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I look at my, you know, one of my star players who has a connection to this star player, who's going to be a free agent. And I say, Hey man, like, how about you go talk to your boy and see if he would be interested in coming to play on Jaws's super awesome mega fucking team. But you know, maybe not like maybe I don't have that, but you know, I, I don't think you should be able to interview personnel currently coaching other teams for your vacancy. Right. I mean, look, look what happened like with the stuff, stuff like this happened in college this year. Look at the amount of guys that walked away from their teams before a bowl game. Yeah. Hey, bye, I'm going to USC. Hey, bye. I'm going to LSU. Oh, I'll fuck off that. Thanks coach. Thanks for preaching all this stuff to us about loyalty and team and all this other crap. And then you leave us for a paycheck and a private jet. I'll fuck off. Right. I mean, in the NFL, you're not allowed to sign with people until maybe you know, your season's over or whatever. But I mean, you don't think it it's weighs on the back of teams' heads that, you know, I mean the the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, both Bills' coordinators, um, Byron Leftwich. I mean, there's like eight or nine guys that are still currently coaching that are being thrown around these coaching carousels. Well, let's be let's be honest. Byron Leftwich is just there. <laughs> let's let's be honest there. <laughs> I listen. I agree, but someone like <laughs> no, because he's just there. Someone's going to give him a shot. Yeah. No, I agree. I I agree. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 so tough. I, I I really do wish that it was like a flat time because I mean, look how many guys you know last year missed out because I mean their teams went deep. They're like, okay, we're gonna wait. And, you know, wait till our postseason run is over. But by that time, a lot of the head, the, the vacancies are gone. Right. You know, it, we, you know, Eric, I don't know how many people were taking Eric B um, you know, super seriously as a head coach candidate. He should have been or a Brian Dable or one of these guys. But, but man, you know what I mean? These guys are ones who deserve these head coaching opportunities, right? They're, they're doing wonders uh, with, with their staff and their personnel they absolutely deserve the opportunity to, um, you know, uh, to have that interview. But, but again, by the time their season is done with, they want they want to focus on what the, the, the job that they have there in front of them. A lot of those vacancies are gone. And I think it's actually, I think it's a shame. I, 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 I really, truly do. You know, there are some, you know, interesting cases like, like Kyle Shanahan, right? Remember Kyle Shanahan, the Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator, and he shit the bed in the Super Bowl, and everyone's like, "Ooh!" And now he has this stigma about him. But I just think that football will be better if if these teams, instead of just getting the, you know, you know the, the candidate they like the most, you know, immediately, versus you know, okay, here's our time period, you know, here's what we can start. We can start maybe scouting these guys, and then we can start the hiring process after right. the Super Bowl. I think that football will be better for it. I think you get a lot better head coaches. I really do. Instead of just what's available, um, you really take the time. So, um, so yeah, I, I I'm in full agreement with you that yeah, it should be, it should be a waiting period. Um, I know a lot of guys are getting interviewed right now for GM head coaching gigs and, and whatnot. It's, it's a little, it's a little much, but man, can you imagine if you're trying to coach your team up for a, for a big playoff game and you got to fly to another state uh, for an interview. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's, Man, if I'm the head coach of that team, uh, uh, where a coordinators get interviewed, I'm ha- one. I'm happy for them, but two, it's like, man, we got a job to do as well. 
we don't need this candidate. I need you here. We got to have yeah. this team up and ready to go. So, and I know, um, like the, the dolphins came up and were interviewing Brian Dable. And they came to Buffalo to do so, uh, this week, I believe it was early this week, either yesterday, today, whatever it was. Um, but I mean, even that, like, listen, I'm preparing my game plan for Sunday night. I'm preparing what I'm going to do against a team that, I mean, this, this game means a lot, not just in a playoff race, but I mean, as far as the bills being considered legitimate and uh, like, I, I don't want to walk away from like getting done with practice. Like, all right, boys, give me a couple hours. I got to go interview to be in your division as a head coach next year. And, uh, I'll be back and you guys get like, we can talk about some other stuff. Like when I'm done, that, that's just weird to me. Right. Like, it, it, it's kind of, kind of shitty. Oh, I'm in, I'm in complete agreement. So, um, so yeah, I mean, will it ever change? Probably not, but I, I think it would definitely even the playing field a lot. I think it would, like I said, I, I, I really think that head coaching will be better across the NFL. I mean, what is he just quick, quick tone turnover on, on guys, right. You know, right. he's one year, cuts like a David Cauley or something like that. You, you sit and you wait for the best available option and, and to, to really get your team where you need it to be. So, and then this brings us to our final discussion topic, the playoffs. All right. Playoffs. Playoffs. Is this, playoffs? is this 14 team playoff format really like worth it? Um, money. I'm sure. Yes. For the, the NFL revenue, no doubt about it. But at this point, out of every single game that we had this weekend, there was probably one competitive game. It was between the fourth and fifth seeds in the AFC. It was the Raiders and the Bengals, the opening game. Everything else was bad. The seven versus two seeds, all those games were terrible. Um, There's a lot of blowouts. I, I, you know, I understand a six seed getting blown out. That's fine. But, you know, six seed being the highest possible seed you can have in your conference. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's completely unnecessary. I know that they're trying to add all this extra stuff because the players want, want less preseason games and they're just trying to spice things up for the postseason, but I just think it's unnecessary. Um, I'm actually really disappointed in the AFC because we talked about all year, how deep that the AFC was, and there's going to be some really, really good teams that we're going to miss. And then you have performances like the Patriots and Steelers did this weekend. It's like, oof. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it it's a nice tune-up game for those higher seeds possibly, but you know, it just uh, all in all, it just, I, I feel like it's just better if the one and two seeds get those buys. I, I get it. You know, it, it's, it adds a little intrigue, you know, if you can settle for the two seed um, in the six, in the, in the 12 team playoff format, but I, I, I don't, I, I really don't like the 14 team playoff. Uh, playoff format i really don't i think it's given a lot of like teams excuses like oh our coach made the playoffs it's okay colts um <laughs> our, our our team squeaked in because a seventh playoff spot was added and they're owing four right now i think uh over the last two years you know it's just it doesn't it doesn't work for me so in really looking back through it because i i pulled up last year's playoffs and obviously we have this year's fresh um the seven seeds last year were the Colts and the Bears. The Colts went toe-to-toe with the two-seed Bills. Yeah. They absolutely stood toe-to-toe. That is the only 7-2 game that was even remotely worth watching. The Bears didn't even score a touchdown against New Orleans last year, and they they, they lost 21-9, to and now we saw 
both the Steelers just get absolutely waxed by the Chiefs, which was funny. Like just seeing them like, oh crap, they're standing toe to toe. They're like, oh, halfway through. Hey, you know, a little fumble scoop and score by TJ Watt. And then it's like the Chiefs went, all right, they fucked around. Now they're gonna find out. And like, <laughs> oh, defensive touchdown. Here's 21 points unanswered. Oh, wait, here's 14 more. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> got got it. Like, you know, I, I mean, so aside from last year's Colts, who I think just matched up well with the Bills. I I I just think, you know, the way that team was built with Jonathan Taylor and everything, I think they just really matched up well with the team they played. Outside of that, I mean, it's been bad. And then, you know, okay, so then the, the Browns beat the Steelers last year as, as a six seed. But a six, a six seed knocking off, you know, somebody isn't as a three, yeah, six seed of three in a three seed is not super weird. Right. So I mean and and that's what it still would be. Like so that matchup would have still happened last year. That still would have been like the Bills would have had a bye, the Colts would have been out, but you know, Cleveland still would have played Pittsburgh and it still would have been one of the ugliest playoff games in Pittsburgh history. Right. So I I don't like it either. Now I, I liked the parody that it brought at the end of the season. I liked the like how many teams were still in play. I love the weird scenarios. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I did, I didn't mind all that, but then when you got there and you're like, wait, these are the two teams that got in like, really? The the Steelers got in because they tied the lions. <laughs> really? Right. A second NFC East team. When the first NFC East team doesn't even look like they belong. <laughs> oh, come on. Like how bad is it that you had, you sent two teams to the playoffs and they both lost. And really, until a until a late interception, they were both getting blown out. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was garbage. It was terrible, terrible football. And um, yeah, I I say go back to the twelve. It was you know it's cool that you have more teams and stuff, glitz and glam. But man, the quality of football is just not not good. It has not been good. So yeah, it's it's kind of like people talking about expanding the NCAA football playoffs. And it's like when you usually when you talk like the five, six, seven, and eight seeds, there's a far, far fall from grace from eight to one. And the NFL is kind of the same way, especially the last couple of years. No, I I agree. So that is it, everybody. That is it. This is our final discussion topic episode for the 2021 season. Next week, the beginning of our retro fantasy football league. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to explain it to you in depth. Um, Andrew's got it off me, myself and Andrew have been conversing about it, but and, this is all Andrew's brainchild. And now we're going to make it a fun game that anybody can just pop in week to week and, and jump in and play. It's uh it's, it's going to be really cool. So looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your support as always, Josh. Once again, thank you for, uh, for being my wingman for these episodes. It's always well, nice to have somebody there. to have somebody to depend on. And I hate chasing people down. So thank you for being dependable. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> But all right, everybody, thank you so much. And on behalf of Jaws and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Green 18, green 18.